light bulb moment on the High on Health podcast. Boom. So yeah, this is it. We are live. This is High on Health. Who are we? What are we about? What's the what's the reasons for getting together and getting on camera? I mean, yeah, I don't know what drove us to insanity to get together <laughs> on a Sunday as well as during the week, but here we are. <laughs> I know. We spend a lot of time with each other. When I told my missus that I was going to go and do a podcast with you guys, you're like. You're not fed up of just speaking to each other every single day of your life. You want to go and lock yourself in a room for a few hours and, and talk about life some more. And yeah, it was quite funny. Jamie over there. Shout out to Jamie. Jamie was saying, you know, one thing that we need to map out today is well, like, just be careful of is speaking over each other. And I looked at now, like, you know, I think we've actually spent enough time trying to perfect that art um, mm. over the last couple of years, not speaking over each other, but mm. probably be up in flames today nice it was a beautiful journey being able to learn how to not speak over each other and those periods of times where we used to say sorry i'm really sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, but are I think you really though are, are you? you really are you really really sorry oh uh, yeah that too but yeah are we really here are we ready so boys what i think is really beautiful about what we're doing today is we're working in an industry where we have the opportunity to help so many people, but if we actually take a moment to have a look at who is in the industry and the relationship we have with the patients, there really isn't that many CEOs or many business owners who have actually come forward and put themselves in the public eye and just opened up about everything that we've been through to get to where we are, what we're here to do, how we're going to continue to to get better at what we do. So I think what we're about to do here now is just open up and give everybody sort of a behind-the-scenes look at why we are doing what we're doing at the end of the day and i'm very excited to sit here with my boys shout out to gabriel and Al. we've been from we've been through helen helen back and now we're sat in this room with with jamie but actually his name's not actually jamie <laughs> his name's ed his name's ed and um i just have to say i'm very grateful to be here with you boys and i look forward to this chat i don't know where it's going to go i don't know what we're going to talk about but maybe it's nice to start at the beginning, you know, because to be honest, I came into the picture maybe a few years after you guys met each other. Right. So maybe start where, where when you boys met each other, the first time that you met each other and also maybe an introduction. Should we introduce ourselves? I mean, probably should do. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's a really beautiful place to start. But definitely like as we move forward, I think there's a load of different topics and subjects that we want to start discussing and mm. um bringing guests onto the show to give their perspective because um you know we want it to be um kind of a thought-provoking session where we sit here and we you know open our minds and mm. open everyone else's minds about um how far you can push things if uh you're deluded and just relentless i think that's pretty <laughs> much where we got to um and you just keep on going and going and going but yeah we're definitely starting a little um a little roundup but it's weird actually because on the way here you know we're sitting here guys what we're going to talk about these types of things and yeah, on that point, I remember, you know, Nigel and I, we've known each other for a long, long time. Um, nearly, what, nearly 15 years now, over 15 years. And we were always saying, at some point, we're going to work together. <laughs> but it was like, it was, we just, it was never, what were we going to do? And, um, you know, it was always, obviously, you know, Nigel's involved in property and doing his thing. And it was like, it was always going to be in some dimension. And as we sit here now, I do actually often quite pinch myself that, well... We, um, we're involved in the cannabis industry and we're doing a lot of uh, groundbreaking things here in the UK. And yeah, we're going to keep pushing, mm. um, keep helping people um, and helping each other because I think that's a very unique thing that we have and we speak to a lot of people that are around us um, and they all just say how they're just killed to have you know their good, good friends by their side because mm. I just think it gives us 
uh, a definite advantage. We've got sounding boards that, you know, it goes beyond just business. Um, and that's a really special, special thing to have. So yeah, very much like yourself, Cubes. Very grateful to be here. Grateful to have us all here. Thank you very much, Ed, for taking some time out on your Sunday. <laughs> I thought um, you were <laughs> I just, listen, I, I'm down to do it. I, I just think uh, you've got to give, got, got give, <laughs> got give them some real shout outs as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously it'd be, um, yeah, it'd be cool. I think uh, now I'll just give us a little, little little thing about how you're feeling. And I think we should do some intros on, on who we are and what we're about. And, mm. Absolutely. Yeah, pleasure to see so, you. Yeah, ditto what these gentlemen have said. Uh, very grateful to be here. Um, how it all started was, you know, a touch on that, I suppose. Uh, actually very close with uh, Gable's brother. We all are. <laughs> and, uh, shout out Ollie Newman. <laughs> yeah, shout out Ollie Newman. And when Ollie went off to university, I um, befriended uh, Gable, the younger brother, mm. and spent a lot of time uh, going to the gym. The gym. <laughs> 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 there was always a reason why we went to the gym, just uh, to get out of the house. But yeah. And uh, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, as, you know, Gable says, definitely did pinch myself. That, uh, we're here doing what we're doing, um, pushing to try and, yeah, you know, help patients, but um, also grow ourselves. We're learning mm. we're, every day. We we come in and you know we're not experts and we're not experts at doing anything. And <laughs> I, I love that uh, that mindset that we are just here to grow and to learn and uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, push the industry into mm. a better place um, for not just cannabis but all alternative therapies mm. that have a place in in healthcare to hopefully improve people's lives. Right. Love that. Tell um tell the people a bit about because you've always been an entrepreneurial type of guy, right? When I first met you, I remember suited and booted, dressed to the nines, absolute militant mindset, and you know I kind of met you when must have been about twenty, must have been about twenty, maybe no, a little bit younger than twenty. Eighteen, nineteen. I yeah, so yeah, about eight, yeah, eighteen, nineteen. True, because then I, I I moved back to Spain, but. At that time when I'd met you, I remember looking at you guy and I was like, wow, for such a young guy, you're so well put together. And you, you know, I was very impressed by how you sort of had this energy and aura about you and everybody looked at you like, okay, this guy is really on stuff. Nearly swore then. Did well. <laughs> Did well. And what what made you that type of person from a young age to be able to just go out there and have the mindset of doing it for yourself, right? Because... It's not easy, especially in this day and age when you have so many different distractions, how to put yourself down and discipline yourself and also have that, that sort of charisma and that energy that captivated people to want to follow in your footsteps as well. Because I, for one, I remember seeing you like, yeah, I like, I like what this guy is about, you know. I didn't know anything about you. I just remember seeing you at, at the pub when, when we all met at that time. We, we can come back to that story and I just thought, okay, wow, this is someone who's young, but they, they, they've got themselves together. So... What was it about how you grew up or where you grew up or, or, or what you did that got you into that type of mindset of, okay, I, I need to go out and do this for myself because at the end of the day, no one else is going to help me? I think it's all about environment, right? Um, my mum, mm -hmm. uh, big shout out to my mother. Big up Judith. Um, <laughs> big up Judith. She um, brought us up in a little bit of a unique environment where we were living with our grandparents for mm -hmm. most of my life. And... Um, I think when you, you know, that really gave me a perspective of, you know, living with my grandparents who, you know, were, they worked, they always worked. My grandfather worked, you know, probably until, you know, literally the day before he passed away. Um, and having those role models around me from such a young age, I think, uh, yeah, just gave me a little bit of a, you know, a different perspective where, I, you know, I had to be out there and I had to work and that's all I really wanted to do, really. Mm. Never wanted to be in school. Um, was never any good at school <laughs> and from a very young age I always kind of 
felt a lot more comfortable in a yeah in a, a working environment which gave me you know the 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 resources to do what I wanted to do without having to go to my parents and I think that was really where it all started for me anyway mm. but um, I, you know, I remember y yourself, bro. You know, when you <laughs> came over from Spain, I was, you know, this this guy, so much charisma, so you know, like, wow, I could talk to anyone in a room and just blow things apart. And yeah, it's, um, I think all of us have brought such a different uh, energy uh, and different perspective that ultimately, whoever we've met in in our journey is, we've all been able to build a relationship mm -hmm. that. Has no one's ever really been able to touch that and if you know if it wasn't yourself josh who's built the relationship it was gabriel and if it wasn't me you know it was, it yeah was, that, that was really yeah, uh, quite a unique experience i don't know where i'm going with this no nah, i love it mate you're spawn i think you know at the end of the day when we look at how it really all formed you know back in the end of 2019 um and you know obviously josh and i were were, were gunning for um you know some involvement in the cannabis industry and i'm sure we can touch on to how we got there and it really was it was kind of like once once you came into that kind of fold um everything started to to take some traction i think you know we, we talk about it all the time that kind of triangle that you have and obviously it's you know it's the strongest shape in terms of the ability to um you know to break it down um, and it makes sense because at the end of the day when you've got different people bringing different perspectives and might have two of us that might have agreed but that third mm -hmm. one always challenge it and how are we going to push each other further and um, it, there's definitely a, a lot of truth behind it. Um, and, you know, we could see that, you know, the dynamic changed. And I think, you know, Coop's touched on it. I think your relentless work ethic definitely rubbed off on both of us. It gave us a, an extra perspective. And, you know, I think um, all in all, it's that kind of, that, that situation where, yeah, the more the more that you have to keep pushing you, to keep challenging you. Um, and, um, yeah, it comes out to that relentless energy. And, you know, there are days where, you know, I, I certainly feel it. I'm sure you boys are the same way. I just, don't have it but then i know that <clears throat> excuse me i know that one of you boys will you know come <laughs> fold and step up and you know it is one of those situations where i you know I, I do seek a lot of comfort in that knowing that you know um at all times um one of us has got to be firing on all cylinders mm -hmm. right um that's always a good thing but i think also it'd be worth worthwhile you know shouting out to benji as well joshua's yeah. uh joshua's cousin who again um gave us a, com a completely different dynamic as well and and that's the key thing you know you, you just can't have too many people that just bring the same things to the table mm. um and now like well, you know as you look to expand the team we're looking for people that have skill sets that are the polar opposites mm. to what we have because again you know we're out there um you know trying to build um a team that does elevate um us and elevate um the industry as a whole i think you know that there's so many gaps um with how, where it is today and you look at these other kind of global cannabis markets and um, the UK is a long way behind. Mm. Um, I think uh, we've got some exciting plans about how we can, um, you know, really push the industry further in the next couple of years. And I think patients will, will reap rewards from that. But I also hope that, you know, between us, we can also inspire some of the other groups out there to to really understand that, you know, the cannabis community mm. is, is, is bigger than just relentless business you know there's a there's a there's a wider objective here and what we're trying to do here um and you know we always talk about it all the time it's a marathon not mm. a sprint um there's a long way to go and cannabis is built on collaboration it's built on community and we need to echo that within the industry otherwise it's going to continuously struggle to evolve mm. um and uh yeah we've all got a job to do here 100 percent now and we're live again thank you for the break You'll notice Gabriel all of a sudden has a hoodie on. It's golden here. <laughs> um, 
feel like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where they bring the accountants in just to get to do the job quicker. Yeah. Either we put it on or um, they want us out of here. Yeah. Um, We're not leaving. Oh, okay. <laughs> took the words out of my mouth, but I was going to swear, so I'm glad, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, I guess let's just dive straight back into where where we were going with this. I think what Niall was talking about the intentions that we have and the reasons why we do what we do, and I guess we should just take it back to the beginning when I guess I'd moved back to I'd moved back to England twenty seventeen. I moved back to England twenty seventeen, and we were all living in a house together in Cricklewood. Grattan Terrace, 24, Cricklewood, um, Gabriel, Niall, myself, Gabriel's brother, Ollie, Lucci was in there at one point. Gian. Yeah. Pa- Papi Luch. Yeah, Papi Luch, Feta, <laughs> Peta was in there, Pistol Pete, Chat, You're making Pistol. it sound like it was like a crazy, it was all at different times, just need to stress it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't bunk bed. Stephen, Stephen Tops and Tails. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, but... Um, so, and and at that time I was working with my brother and you were working with your old man and you were working in property, right? You were doing, you were doing your thing, working independently, um, with your boys on the, on on the property side of things. But I think for me where the shift really happened, I mean, look, we can go back into why we had a passion for cannabis anyway from, from an early age. I think we can get into that a little Some bit Some more later. passionate than others, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to start, for me, where it personally switched in my head, I remember I was I was playing football. I was playing an away day, a, a football match for the Leavers boys, and I'd met this American guy out there. You remember? Yeah, I can't remember his name now. Oh, what was his name? He was a cool boy as well. He was a cool he was guy. A, he was right. Yeah, he was from Cali, but I can't remember his name. Dan. I think his name was Dan. 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 Dan, hemp, what was Dan the yeah, hemp hydrate. Hemp, uh, hemp hydrate. Hemp hydrate. He was a chief evangelist. Yeah, the chief evangelist <laughs> for hemp hydrate. Anyway, I remember because Anthony Joshua was fighting that night because we came back to Zachy's exactly. house to watch Anthony exactly. Joshua. Yeah, at Nikki's house, sorry, to watch Anthony Joshua. So anyway, I remember like, we were getting the train back and he pulled out this water, this bottle of water, and he was like, this is CBD water. This is the future. And I remember he gave the bottle a little spin and it swelled around and made a little hurricane shape. And he was like, yeah, that's the CBD being activated. And I didn't know at the time what any of it meant. It just looked really cool. This bottle of water that was just spinning around. Came, I was like, okay, you have to come and meet my boys. We came straight back to, I brought him straight back to, to, to Nikki's house and we sat down and we were like, boys, we should definitely bring CBD yeah, but, water to the UK. But remember, we were already looking for a cannabis product by that point. So we were looking mm. at like the extraction, like there was a the, the couple of those cool machines. So you and I already looked at each other and gone, I don't know what we're going to do, but I don't like what I'm doing now. Yeah. And uh, something's got to change. And um, yeah, obviously at that point, end of 2018, medical cannabis had been legalized for mm-hmm. medical purposes here in the UK. Exactly. Really still very unknown, but it was, it was the time where CBD products were popping up everywhere. Mm. It was one of those things that was becoming a hot new craze. Um, and we were out there looking for products that, you know, we think would make sense, you know, launching it into, into the UK retail space mm. because that was all we knew. And I just want to highlight on that point as well, you know, none of us had been to university, right? We hadn't had any specific higher education. But one thing that bound us all together was just the sheer desire and aspiration to go and learn and grow and do something better than what we had already, right? And I think it was that coming together because 
you know, right now we know that the Reddit communities and stuff in this industry are quite rife. And I've seen, you know, you can't get into the medical cannabis space unless you know someone in the government, unless you're super well-funded, you come from rich aristocrats. And it was the complete opposite for us, you know. We just had the will and, you know, ethic to just sit in front of the computer and just search what needed to be searched in order to do it. But anyway, don't want to get carried away on that side of things. It was a case of, you know, we had no PhDs. We hadn't been to university. We had no specific degree in the medical field. So how were we, some boys who had grown up, you know, relatively, you know, together, not really been in any higher education, how are we going to be able to get into the medical framework or into the cannabis framework? And it was at that point, you know, we realized, okay, what do we love? Well, we're all pretty much into our health, into our fitness. And we were all drinking these ginger shots at the time, uh, try, try, trying to get into the, the anti-inflammatory juices, etc. And we realized that there was actually no CBD, health CBD beverages in the market at that time. And we really wanted to bring together CBD, which was still considered cannabis and still had its misconceptions about what it was, what it was used for. And we thought, okay, if we can combine a health shot with CBD and make the first CBD shot, that would be something that would still allow us to be our creative selves, right? Still go out, meet people, socialize, network, try and meet different types of people in different areas because at the end of the day, that's what got us to where we were in the first place, you know, being able to just put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation and trying to find ourselves, trying to find our feet, learn learn to float. And I remember we were researching what we were going to do. So we must have researched I don't know, hundreds of ingredients, what worked with CBD, what people liked as tastes. And just take us back to a little bit from your perspective, Gabriel, when we'd sat down and, you know, we'd all looked at each other and we were, okay, let's make a CBD health shot. What was going through your mind at the time and and how you decided or how we all thought we were going to now make our step into the medical framework and leave behind our family, leave behind the jobs that we had and, and go out on a limb where we had zero security. Everybody was telling us, no, you're crazy. Stick with the job. You know, times are hard right now. You need to earn a salary. Um, and yeah, what was going through you, through your mind at the time for, for us to actually go and take that next step? Because yeah, it was very risky. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Though. I think if you sit around debating whether it's a good idea or not too much you'll end up probably scaring yourself out of it (laughs) um but i think also i suppose yeah in those early days i do remember a lot of people around us saying you know how are you gonna try and compete with the likes of pepsi and all of these types of things and Mm. that really wasn't at the forefront of our mind it was what can we do to raise awareness you know we knew that cannabis was an industry that we wanted to be involved in it was one of these things where yeah, again, it comes down to what I said before. There was a little bit of delusion, right? It was like, because at the end of the day, but it, it comes from, from genuine passion, right? We we knew that that's what we wanted to do. So it was, you know, by any means necessary. And at the time, I still think it's, you know, something where, you know, it it is a good product. And it is ways that, again, um, you know, we still love health shots. We probably make them ourselves now mm. in the office. But, um, you know, we're still in a way that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, nowadays it's, about what can you do um, to live a better lifestyle. Mm. And that was a kind of a, a perfect kind of intersecting product um, that still have got a lot of love for. But I remember those tough conversations where we all sat around and said, guys, we can't do it all. And, you know, where is our, our focus and what little money we had at the time? Where is that best placed? Mm. Um, and it's one of these things where, 
you know, we made those hard decisions. But yeah, I mean, I still think back all the times where people told us that what we were doing was was crazy and um yeah go get go mm. get go get a real job um i do remember that kind of you know coming out and yeah and even even when i look back now it, it honestly it feels just so long ago it's been a, a long hard four mm. years but a very rewarding four years i think everyone can agree that you know having those moments to yeah you know, i think as always you know we, we are running at such a, a fast fast pace mm. you know all the time yeah we never do get the chance to sit back and just kind of take it all in and think about different parts of the journey which is what's going to be exciting about you know what we're doing here and mm. sitting here and reminiscing mm. on tough times good times you know um tears of joy tears of of pain um because you know that's that's really what it's all about mm. and it is that journey you know it's never going to be you know a constant rise you know it's always ups and downs and um you know we always have that analogy of you know the roller coaster and yeah we're strapped in and um <laughs> it's uh, it's there's nothing you can do right you just mm. got to ride it out and um but again um, wouldn't have it any other way but uh, I do think that you know just putting ourselves in that situation of surrounding ourselves with the industry and you know when we're flying around to all those different cannabis events and cannabis conferences and yeah just networking because mm. that's what we were good at at the end of the day but that, let, let's take it back then because you know I love what you're saying there it's right you know we get to reminisce now and you know when I'm sitting here thinking about it those defining moments I just want to take it back to the lead up of when we actually launched the drink into the market because there was a series of four or five really life-changing events that took place with with all of us individually that naturally it was like a ball of energy just put, pulling us all together at that time but okay so it was it was like October 2018 I believe and we were just about to to launch the drink the drink was probably geared up to be launched in in January February of 2019 and you know we'd gone through that whole process we've been down to Brighton to do all of the different taste testings for the drinks and manufacturing the drinks and we had to find someone to buy CBD from because there wasn't really anyone to buy CBD and we found this company out in France who charged us an absolute fortune you know when we look back now and we didn't really know what we were doing but so just before that launch, though, we'd gone through the branding exercises, we'd gone through the different designs. And I remember for me, I got a phone call from my mum and she told me that, you know, my dad has had a heart attack and I need to come out to Spain. And it was all at the moment where we were gearing up to launch. And I thought, oh, it was just me and you working from the kitchen at the time. Right. And there's a beautiful moment when when now comes in and pulls us all together like, like glue would, and, and we'll get to there and. I had to fly back to Spain to go and be with, with my dad and my family at the time. And, and literally the day I was on the plane to fly out there, my grandma died. So my mum had to fly to Scotland to go and sort out her family affairs because she didn't come from a big family. There wasn't too many people there. So now it was just me, my little brother and my dad, you know, looking after someone who's just had a heart attack. And, you know, you sit there and that's when all of a sudden you start realizing your own mortality in those instances right you know we read a beautiful quote it was something along the lines of you know you truly become a man when you lose both of your parents and it was it was going out there and thinking oh god you know life is so short seeing this there's there's actually no way I can go back to the UK now and not give absolutely everything you know and been out there for a month flew back to the UK we were living partly at Gabriel's house in Battersea at the time and um, we were just about to launch the drinks and we'd done all of the research, the drinks was ready and then I remember 
you know, you're telling me that your parents were about to go through a divorce and how that was going to, you know, affect us and, and what we had to go through. So it was an accumulation of that. And then, okay, the uncertainty within the family, but again, still looked at each other, said, you know, pay it no mind, blinkers on, just focus. And I just want to really take it back to another changing moment within that sort of month, month and a half cycle, which just threw all sorts of spanners in the works. But I'll never forget, I remember picking you up outside your house one day, early beginning of the year 2019, and I remember you got in the car and you sat next to me and you just head was looking straight, and I could tell your face was all blushed and you just turned around to me and you looked at me and you said, "Albie's got cancer, you know, it's your little brother," and you know we just looked at each other and there was tears. And I just remember seeing you and all I had in my head at the moment, I don't know what was going through your head, but all I had in my head was like, this is my this is my boy, this is my fucking brother right here. And this is going to be a huge defining moment for us. We cannot, I need to show him as much support as possible that we're going to get through this because at that moment in time, everything almost feels completely insignificant. What you were worried about that you were going to wear, what you're going to do, who you're chatting to, all of it was just a complete wash and... It was like time froze in that moment in that car. I remember we just leant, leant over to each other head to head and we said, if we can get through this and we will get through this, there's nothing in this life that we cannot achieve. And it was an accumulation of all those, those things that came up here. And it was a realization how important resilience was and how important teamship, teamwork was going to be and that, that brotherhood that we, we established from a young age with each other and... You know, I sit back and I think, you know, if we didn't have each other, how important it was for us to be able to go forward and, and achieve the things that we've done, or at least just stick together, not saying that we've even achieved anything, but the fact that we've had each other there. So after that moment, you know, Albie was then put into UCLH, right? And he was in the child's ward. And I remember, okay, we didn't really have an office to work from either, right? So we went we went and decided we were going to work from the UCLH, right? And we were going to work in the child's ward. Now, I don't know how much you can see on camera about how big Gabriel is, but he's not, he's not a small fellow, right? He's not exactly a small guy. And I remember going into the child's area, and as you can imagine, the furniture was not like what we see in here. The furniture was these tiny little Play-Doh chairs and these little plastic areas, and there was just crayons everywhere. And we had our little laptops, and Gabriel was up with his knees like this on, on, on the chair. We were trying to work and, 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 and get things done. And it hadn't been too long that we'd been in there, and we were talking about our drink because we were trying to launch the drink, right? We were going through the CBD process, and this guy came up to us, and he said, are you talking about cannabis? And it was in that moment because you kind of you don't really know what to say, right? You know, it's still a little bit of a, a taboo subject. And anyway, we were like, yeah, you know, we, we are talking about cannabis. And he said, OK, well, you know, that's my son over there and he suffers from cancer. And I myself had testicular cancer. About 10 years ago, I grew cannabis for myself and I gave myself cannabis. And, and what did he say? He said he nuked, he nuked, yeah, he nuked, yeah. Yeah, nuked the cannabis, for, <laughs> nuked, the cannabis <laughs> nuked the cancer from his testicles. He had testicular cancer. And if we were interested, you know, he could help provide some cannabis to us. And, you know, 
I don't know if we're even out allowed to say this, but we're going to say it anyway and we'll cut it out if we're not. You know? <laughs> Just cut out how old Albie was. That's the thing. my little brother. <laughs> They'll be all right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all, all jokes aside, you can say what you want, right? But we were going in and we were seeing Albie there and we'd all gone and shaved all our heads off at Steph's Barber's. Shout out, Steph. Are you getting to the hospital? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah we did. Albie, so was a good one. Yeah, and we, we all shaved our heads and we met Musa Sissoko um, yeah, on the way there back back when he was playing for Spurs, which was quite jokes. And yeah, we'd been working inside this this hospital for, for, for weeks and weeks at the time while Albie was going through his chemotherapy treatment and this guy had offered us cancer, um, offered us cannabis and we were thinking about doing it anyway. And I remember it was like, look, we actually have nothing to lose at this moment in time. There really is no rules in this. All cards are on the table. We have to give absolutely everything you can. And I think when you're put in that moment of desperation, that fight or flight, you end up realising how important family bond has been. And if I could put anything down to the reason we are where we are right now, it's because of that family bond that we've had with each other. And nothing, I, you know, because of those defining moments, I don't think anything will ever get between us in those instances. Not money, not success, not anything. You know, for us, the most important thing has always been that unity, having each other's backs, knowing that whatever happens, morning, noon or night, there is someone who will be there for us, vice versa. So uh, anyway, we, we we were sat in that room. The guy offered us the cannabis. We said, yeah. And I remember he dropped off the syringes to us and we bought these little capsules off Amazon. And now he was doing, talk, talking through the treatment that he was going on and off and when he was at home. Because, yeah, I don't want to say all of the story. <laughs> it was crazy, to be honest. I've we were all there. Here, just like Thank going you. through it all. And um, yeah, it, was, it really was just a, a whirlwind time. But at the end of the day, I think where you were getting to it is, is absolutely spot on. I think... You know, it is all about brotherhood and obviously you know Nigel and I have been hanging around for years and we'd always had a really close-knit circle around us and it was always kind of there was kind of a core of you know five or six boys that you know we knew that regardless of what happened you know drop of a hat if something's going down mm -hmm. um, we're there to support them in whatever way it would need um, but yeah it was um, I just remember when we were sitting there talking about those nights when we all went to spend that whole night where we got all the boys to come yeah. around and go play games in the games room mm -hmm. Where when Albie was there having chemo throughout the night one weekend, yeah. Um, bought the, but yeah, the switch that was it. Yeah, we bought the switch. We all played games, and I think the the whole I think we we were screaming the whole ward down at that point. <laughs> um, all the different games, and I do just remember Albie just saying just you know thank you for us for for going to hang out with him. It was a really beautiful, beautiful evening. But yeah, I mean Albie was you know he was going through um, he had fourteen bouts of chemotherapy at the end. If you remember, it was a, a long, grueling. Um, so it was, you know, every other week. So that would have been a 28 week period of, of chemotherapy alone. Um, and then, of course, we had that whole, that whole craziness with, you know, where is he going to have, you know, his proton beam therapy? Is it going to be Jacksonville, Florida? Or is it going to be Manchester? Because at the time there was only two places in the world that could offer that kind of treatment. Proton beam therapy is, you know, um, you know, destroying the, the, the cancer or the tumor. On a molecular level, um, and see, so, yeah, there was two places, and you know, we were very fortunate at the time. I think you both remember that we managed to, to draw Manchester, so you know, people could still go visit him while I was having those therapies. And then, come the end of his treatment, you know, the scapuleptomy, which was at he was at, was it Bushy, I think he was somewhere up there. So that was all like you know, close to home for all of us to be able to go spend that time with him. But um, yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago, but I do think it's something that we've all used as, as fuel to the fire. Mm. Um, because it was just a, a crazy, and there's no such thing as pure coincidence, mm. right? Mm. I mean, it's just impossible, you know, for being in that situation. I remember when you asked the question, you talked about cannabis, and we're in a we're in a children's cancer ward, it's a 
three three say that we're talking about mm. cannabis um but you know you could see it was you know it was genuine interest and i think you know that was something that you know you, you can you can you can gauge how certain things are asked and it was it was definitely something where you know it, it was an interest to talk about it and you know once as you say you know cubes at that point um what's there to lose you know we'd, we'd seen um him go from class president and you know um uh you know a boisterous teenager at the time um to you know your yeah, yeah. someone someone going through chemotherapy and you know we all know what that looks like it's um it's a scary thing to see um especially when it's your blood and, and i know that you know, again for all of us it's um whether it's my brother your brother whatever it is it's, it's all family at the end of the day and um yeah there was nothing to lose and i think it was just remarkable to see i remember those those days where yeah, it's been a week in the hospital, so obviously we didn't want to involve in, get involved in the treatment plan at that point. And you all know I come from a family of doctors and dentists, <laughs> so um, they were all pretty keen to make sure that we just listened to the doctors. But I think we were, you know, I think this day and age, you know, there's there's enough out there to suggest that you know that cannabis can help through chemotherapy, and we saw it, um, you know, firsthand, you know, in terms of just mood and energy. And, you know, they, they say that, you know, when you're going through chemotherapy, you have good days, and you have bad days. And that's true in life as well. At the end of the day, you can't be, um, you know, constantly firing at all cylinders. But I suppose it's just accentuated when you see the, the colors of the liquids that are, you know, being pumped in, into people going through chemotherapy. You just think, hang on a second, look at the color of that. And we're talking about something that grows out of the ground, you know, something that has been here for thousands of years that isn't made in a lab and you know they say that everything that grows out of the ground has a purpose and has a use and i think we're starting to see now that cannabis has many different purposes and many potential uses and um it was yeah amazing to see you know i think looking back at that time when we were sitting around and he was stuffing his face with junk food and we were watching jackass and we were just <laughs> rolling around crying with laughter um you know those types of moments um they're incredibly rare with you know, when you, you know when you're going through such a grueling long hard fight you know at the end of the day um you know you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemies to go through that kind of pain and that kind of suffering and, and it comes down to endurance but you know i think you know we'd learned from you know a few of different past traumas that we've all had in our lives that at the end of the day um it's just yet another fight you know mm. at the end of the day it's something that you just put your armor on and you go again. Um, and as always, it's about unity in those moments. So yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time to think back on. And again, I, I'm a little bit emotional sitting here thinking about it because you know we haven't. Again, you don't sit down and, and, and think about it that often. Um, and I know that probably some other people think about it a lot more than I do. And you know, one thing I always think that I'd love to kind of dive into to, to where Albie's at in this whole in this whole process I think that's something that you, you know you don't don't often think because obviously mm. you know, we sit here and you know he's made a full recovery he's in in remission of course he's wearing some battle scars but you know wear them as a badge rather than a burden but mm. you know often you think these things happen and okay he's fine and that's it but you know at the end of the day we know that trauma is a serious thing and something that you know always need to be working on and working through because it doesn't just go away you know it's something that you really need to keep putting the effort in to to make sure that you're managing those emotions. Um, but yeah, all in all, brought us closer together again. And, I, and as you say, my parents had literally just got divorced two months before we found that out. And I remember we were like, okay, what are we gonna do now? <laughs> what next? Straight, straight, <laughs> straight away. Just um, got to move back in with Mumsy and uh, and help her out. And that was you know that was a, a beautiful, beautiful time. And 
and obviously yeah. Niall came in and helped <laughs> put the house together and brought the builders in and yeah, yeah. that was again another way to, to, to bring that unity together I guess just the constant having each other to support in mm. in every fashion and the one thing I will just say about seeing Albie was you know one week you see him strapped to a hospital bed all sorts of tubes coming in and out of his body and you know him trying to keep a happy face on and knowing behind closed doors the whole family's freaking out and they're in disarray and they're trying to put on a brave face right because they want they don't want to show that they have no idea what's about to happen and they are just as scared if not more scared than Albie and then to have him back at your house on his weeks off laughing and joking and taking the piss out of our haircuts <laughs> geezer you were bald <laughs> you know? right and those small moments were what helped us maintain that drive and that focus and i like what you said there about having our armor on and just strapping up and, mm. and and going again and you know then we'd launch the drinks right and we were driving around with the drinks and the boots of the car like trying to sell them into every health store possible going in dropping in boxes i Come to think of it, I probably think why some people didn't want to buy them because we were skinheads running around. There. <laughs> 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 Might have been a little bit of a, a daunting thing. Uh, yeah. A couple of skinheads coming in saying, do you want to buy some health shots? <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not your average uh, sales reps, that's no. for sure. But um, yeah, it was all all beautiful moments. So, okay, this is where, because Niall was always there, right? You know, it's not like we were doing the drinks. Niall, Niall was always there. And this beautiful moment when Niall managed to come in and bring this all around full circle right because Gabriel and I will tell you there was always something missing right we were there and you know we were making something but I don't know if you want to put this down to destiny or fate but there was just a feeling inside both of us that there was a, there was a channel there was a pathway that we needed to get on and it was like we were working hard and we didn't necessarily know what it was that was there but I remember we were sat down having a conversation and now I turn around, he said, oh, he's got this friend who's doing medical cannabis out in South Africa. And we laughed and joked and like, oh, yeah, medical cannabis, that would be cool. You know, you know, one day we'll get into it. And then next thing you know, we've got a friend of ours who, who reaches out to us, this Israeli guy, Michael <laughs> Zaza. And he tells us, you know, there was an opportunity to help bring medical cannabis into Europe. And did we know anybody in the UK who was or in Europe who was interested in, in working in medical cannabis? And in typical fashion, of course, we turned around and said yes. <laughs> you know, had no, didn't know anybody, by the way, not a single soul. Um, but we had a meeting, we got together, and we decided that, okay, do you know what? There's an opportunity here because we looked. It was just 2018. We had a look at the, the, the scene. There was hardly any organizations, any companies doing this whatsoever. And, you know, we sat down in this room in your kitchen and we discussed, okay, how would we do this? Is there an opportunity? Is, is this a legit pathway? And pretty much like the drinks it was like what's the worst that could happen you know let, let, let's give it a go Nigel because we had been working together on these drinks and of course you'd known Gabriel way before I'd even met Gabriel what was it like for you coming in at that moment you know being next to us the whole time through Albie through the divorces helping him build his mum's house and everything to a point where you know and I, I guess we'll touch on this as well your, your mum wasn't exactly in the best headspace at the time you know, and that that again was something that we all had to bond together with and, and, and help each other. And you did a smashing job with the, with the property now. It's <laughs> honestly pr one of the best chill spots to go to. It is the most homely place. But yeah, tell us what it was like from you, man. Because again, we never actually have a chance to sit down and go through this together mm. and hear from each other's perspectives. We kind of just lived it. So we, mm. we got on with it. But yeah, I really want to know, you know, you came in at that moment and all of these ideas were flourishing. And, and to be honest, 
you were doing well for yourself already, right? You know. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, it's really quite remarkable to sit here and uh, listen to you guys talk about uh, the drink and Albie and all of these different memories that, um, of course, have been such key uh, instrumental moments in in all of our journey. Um, but first of all, like I remember, like back in the day when you know, I remember I was there when that you know the guy from Cali was there talking about the drink. Yeah. I just loved seeing you boys with the drive and the passion to actually trying to do something. And for me, that was, I've always, you know, obviously to see that in, in my boys that are just actually trying to do something. And there was a lot of people that maybe, you know, whatever it was, it wasn't, you know, go and do the secure thing, go and get yourself a normal job. And um, I've always been, you know, someone who's, you know, what, there's value in the uncomfortable and just go and put yourselves out there and be uncomfortable. And I remember seeing, you know, putting together the drink. I remember seeing the, you on the photo on the way back from Brighton, having so much CBD, you literally <laughs> like, <laughs> knocked out. Like. <laughs> and um, it, I was just really proud, man. I was just like, fuck, man, that's just so cool. You know? That's my boy right there. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I passed yeah. out on the train, that's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I obviously was proud of that, but I was proud of, proud of it all to see, you know, how, what passion you were putting into it and trying to make something out of it. And then obviously when we did get together and, you know, it was just like I had just, we were just hustling, you know, like it was, that was the thing, you know, we'd mm. come to a meeting and we'd have the drink and you'd have some other CBD products and everyone just loved the hustle. And, mm. and I, I, you know, it really, it platformed us to, to get to the next stage where we were able to, you know, start to maybe take ourselves, you know, a little bit seriously or let other people take ourselves seriously. Mm. And yeah, it, it is just remarkable to, to kind of sit here and, and, and talk about, uh, you know, where we've come from. Um, but yeah, I, I, the opportunity when you called me and said to me, hey, you know, do you know how to get some medical cannabis? And it's like, <laughs> we're going to give it a shot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Why not, right? You know, I'll make a few phone calls. And I, I suppose I've always had um, a passion, like, you know, a lot of us for uh, cannabis in general. And I was very lucky that my fa my uh, father's brother, my uncle in Canada, father's brother, uh, <laughs> my uncle in Canada, he invested in a few cannabis stocks and in the Canadian market. And I dabbled, you know, he, d he told me about it and I dabbled because obviously he knew that I was always um, had a little bit of a passion for cannabis. And I suppose that really kind of platformed me into, you know, reading the, the likes of, you know, Reddit weed, weed stocks. And, you know, I remember, you know, back in the day when we were at Marley's and, you were, you know, even we were talking about just the old, old ideas. And um, I loved being there and seeing you guys kind of come up with different ideas. And I suppose ultimately when there was an opportunity and it was the universe that provided us an opportunity to get together as a three, it was something that just felt natural. Mm. You know, there were definitely doubts. And I remember even before we went to Vegas, you know, like uh, I, I didn't even necessarily, you know, I was meant to go into India as well after <laughs> I did go to India, but I was like, this <laughs> we'll is get crazy. To that. We'll get yeah, to I that. Yeah, I can't do, can't go to India and then on to Vegas. So, but you know, you, you guys did actually push me to get involved. And for that, I'm, you know, eternally grateful because, mm. um, yeah, we, I don't think we, we would be, you know, collectively where we are, um, you know, without uh, being that, that triangle that is constantly pushing each other. Um, and as you say earlier, Gable, if ultimately, if one person isn't, you know, on the top of their game, we know that someone else maybe isn't going to be on top of the game, but it's just going to, you know, push us along to where we need to go. And um, who knows how far we can take it? Who knows where we are? But, you know, I think ultimately we just carry on going and see how far we can. So here was that moment, right? We, we, we were sat in your kitchen, all three of us were together and, you know, your uncle had told us, or had introduced us to Jose, Jose Enrique, shout out Jose, yeah, um, out in Canada, and uh, told us about MJ Biz, and you know, if you wanted to go meet medical people in medical cannabis or in cannabis in general, MJ Biz in Vegas was the spot. Wait, right? where was it? 
MJ Biz in Vegas? Yeah, we should go. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're plugging them now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out for the, some free tickets. Um, so, and I remember sat in the kitchen and, and, and you were the humble boy that you always are you know you were like listen i want to help you but i don't want anything for it like if there's anything i can do to help great but you know i i, I don't know you know just being as humble as you as you usually are and we all turned to each other and we were like listen someone is always going to be doing maybe a bit more than the other person maybe this person brings that opportunity maybe that person brings that but at some stage along the line we're all going to need each other so I don't care about you being humble right now. You, you, you are in, you know, this is it. And, you know, we were formulating our first organization's name. All right, we're, we're Cantorage now. But before that, we had a company. We're going to Vegas. Okay, we need to present ourselves to people. People need to see that we're active in the industry, right? And we came up with a name. And we were trying to figure out a name. And I think we settled on on looking at our surnames and trying to make an, is it anagram? Is that the Acronym. right Huh? Acronym. A acronym. <laughs> I don't know what, what's an anagram. Move it around. It's when the words are all jabbled. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it definitely wasn't that. It was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was an acronym. So we we got Newman, Ivers, QB, and then Enterprise, and it came out with Nice, and it was quite funny because yet yeah, we realised there was the Nice guidance as well, right? <laughs> so well, actually, it was after, but we were really, we, I think where it really stemmed from was 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 Mr. Nice. You know, mm. there was Howard Marks who. Um, you know, throughout the 60s and 70s and probably 80s as well, was the largest hashish importer into the UK and Europe. And um, obviously, I think at the time, it was quite funny. Now you were reading the book quite early on and there was a photo of him on the front of it. And I just remember Oli saying that there was a lot of similarities that they, they looked like each other in, in that photo in that moment. <laughs> anyway, so Ni we can Nige pull up a photo Nige was called, yeah, I think he, we, we were calling him Howard Marks at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was all just, yeah, it was all just a kind of beautiful come together. And I remember then when we, start, when we started speaking to cannabis companies in the mm. UK. Mm -hmm. And it was when we started speaking to some of the, the kind of the medical community. Mm. And they said, well, and our name was Nice Partners. And obviously then there's the you know, National Institute of Healthcare and Excellence mm -hmm. and they're called NICE. And obviously when you're going around speaking to these medical companies claiming to be NICE's partners, <laughs> 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 it could potentially be, you know, misconceived. But um, it didn't stop us, did it, to be fair? We didn't think, okay, let's let's go for a rebrand. We looked at it and they haven't got any trademarks anyway, let's go for it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it, it was definitely when we started engaging with first people, they're like, who are these NICE partners? And of course, naturally... Um, you know, we're, we're, I think a few people still call us the nice guys, you know, because, you know, we are generally good people out here, you know, trying to do good things. And, um, you know, I think partnership's the only way that we're going to um, get to where we want to be in life. And, um, you know, I look back at, you know, all those times and still don't know how far we can take it. I, I certainly believe we can take it a lot mm. further now uh -huh. after four years of, of going at it. And, um, yeah, really at this point, it's, um, yeah, I think we, we can continually and have the confidence that, um, regardless, if we keep pushing, it's never going to be mm. how we think it's going to pan out to be. But it's gonna, it's gonna pan out because we've got the potential, we've got the belief. Shall we talk about Vegas for a second? Because Bef before we go on Vegas, go on, go ahead. I think actually it kind of we talk about National Institute of Healthcare and mm. Excellence. So National Institute of Healthcare and Excellence are the guys in the UK who. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they ultimately hold the keys to the kingdom when you talk about, uh, you know, treating medicines in the, and, and seeing the therapeutic use. And I think it's really interesting because, you, you, you know, we're all, I suppose, just talking about um, Albie's story and, uh, you know, I suppose a little bit about intention. And I think we don't know how far we could take it. And we still don't know how far we can take it, as we keep on saying. But there's a little bit of um, we want to be able to actually 
it's very unique. A lot of markets, they don't necessarily, uh, they go to recreational quite quickly and they don't necessarily understand the true therapeutic use of cannabis. And I think we have a really unique opportunity to being in the UK where we have the National Institute of Healthcare and Excellence and we pride ourselves on the best minds and the best universities to be able to um, potentially license alternative therapies. I think we're all pretty passionate that it isn't just, you know, Albies, you know, who are lucky enough that have liberal parents. You know, we really want to be able to see, you know, cannabis be used as a first line treatment and potentially other alternative therapies down the line. Um, but I think that is what um, the unique opportunity we have in the UK, how we can actually uh, platform and empower healthcare practitioners to use cannabis um, in a therapeutic setting. Because uh, mm. we've all seen, yeah, we know how the power of it and that's a, a beautiful thing that I know keeps me going every day and I pinch myself. So that is a direct invitation. Anyone from the National Institute of Healthcare and Excellence, come <laughs> sit here, <laughs> have a chat with us. Um, but I think, you know, again, to echo that, Nigel, I think it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing and a beautiful sentiment that, you know, we, we generally want to see long-term changes, mm. um, you know, in the, in the healthcare framework where even now, you know, the fact that it is it is still so many hurdles that you've got to jump through in order to access, um, you know, a plant material that, um, you know, we, we're, we're very fortunate to be in a situation that we can speak to patients on a daily basis. Mm. Um, and I know that we've all kind of had just... Yeah, I suppose just um, you know, sort of jaw-dropping conversations with patients, just understanding how you know they start to, you know, kind of open up about their health journey and all these different ways that they've tried to find you know cures for their ailments. Not even just cures, but just something to make them feel better throughout the day. Um, and they've just you know list off, and you you, know, you can see that you know the amount of, of medications they've gone through, the amount of different treatments they've gone through, and. You know, just the, the only reason that they've managed to find, you know, us as a business and, and, and the cannabis as a treatment is because they're scouring the internet trying to think, okay, well, this doesn't work, so what can I try? And, you know, what what, what are, you know, other people saying that suffer from these conditions? And I suppose, you know, we're in a fortunate situation that, um, you know, there is people out there that are willing to talk about things that are helping them and, you know, generally about, you know, community as well from other people suffering. But, um, you know, we're... We're we're struggling in the UK in terms of awareness because you know you know general practitioners you know don't get behind it and we know there's you know there's a few initiatives that are you know actively going on at the moment trying to kind of you know push to be able to allow GPs to initiate cannabis prescriptions here in the UK but again it's there's no referrals from GP practices that the private healthcare clinics and you know it just becomes a situation where very few people know that medical cannabis is available in the UK and you know there's all sorts of conversations that we have with, you know, cannabis peers and other groups out there that, again, pushing for the same kind of systematic changes. But at the end of the day, if it, it comes down to awareness, if, if people don't know about it, you know, how can we really do it? And, um, you know, it's things that at the moment what we're starting to see is that it really kind of has to be a bottom-up approach. You know, we're going to have to inspire enough patients um, to go out there and talk about how, this is the only thing that generally does work for them. And, you know, as I said at the beginning, you know, we're very lucky that we get to kind of hear those, have those conversations firsthand. Um, but, yeah, I think we definitely don't want to recreate what's happened in, in other kind of global markets where they've gone from medical to recreational overnight. Um, and all that ends up happening is, you know, you get patients that are left behind. You know, there's a lot of patients out there that need the support of a doctor, need the support of a, a clinic. You know, we're... You know, we know that we'd do anything for any of our patients and the team that we've got, 
you know in the you know making the gears and cogs come together all the same um, and that's really kind of at the heart of the ethos and i think something that a lot of our patients would vouch for as well that they do generally feel that there's a you know a real support network within cantorage clinic that you know we're, we're we're there to make sure that we can do what we what's in our power at the end of the day um and i know that we all sit there thinking we wish we could do more but um you know we're you know taking steps forward and you know trying to extend the kind of yeah the level of support that we mm. can offer mm. no it's a beautiful topic and i guess to really sit back and think okay wow we actually have all these patients under our care now and, and, and we helped one life you know we saw what happened with albie and i, I guess that again was like a, a shotgun for us to to just say we are gonna if we can spend our lives doing something that we're passionate about and we get to wake up every day spend every day with the people that we love spend every day trying to help people honestly i i think we are in, we are one of the most lucky people in this entire planet to be able to say we do what we do every day and you know even the people helping us with our podcast ed and, and the boys they, they've been our friends for absolute years we also live together you know <laughs> and it really is a family affair and it, it does get emotional man because you think you know you do get to see online and you know we try and not get distracted by it so much but the world is pretty fucked right now mm -hmm. um and it always has been on the peripherals but i guess now because there's so much more media and there's so many more video cameras everything is just captured a lot more and and yeah you you see everything constantly on social media it's always put in front of your faces and then we just take take a moment to just step back and look around and be like wow i can't believe we get to do this every day and we get to speak to patients whose lives were actively out there trying to help and, you know, they might not always feel that way because, you know, we're, we're not perfect and, and, you know, we do make mistakes and there are ways that we're always trying to Im improve the clinic and improve the business. But as long as they know when they're speaking to us, they've got people out there who genuinely care for them and are going to work from eight in the morning until 10 o'clock at night every day, week in, week out, without stop to make sure that we can do something for them. Um, yeah, it, it is a beautiful thing. But, you know, you go back to intentions. Where, where are we going to take it? When we decided we were going to go to Vegas, we didn't know. <laughs> and I just want to bring it up because the reason I just want to mention it is is it was just so completely audacious. It made absolutely zero sense to go out there and, and take whatever money we had in the, in the CBD bank account. <laughs> looking at the account, it's like, how much have we got? Okay, got that. Okay, how much are the flights? Okay, yeah. That's that gone. Yeah. How much hotel? Oh, that's that gone. Okay, so we've got some spending money. Let's go. <laughs> 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 and and it, it was literally it was literally that because again the other thing was we just kind of like set up nice partners we wanted to go out there with a name for ourselves but we didn't have enough money to buy tickets to the conference right <laughs> so we were going out to vegas and i remember i can't remember who who had told us but they told us where the main parties were taking place they're staying they were taking place at the win the win and the encore and they said look Get a hotel room in the win on the days that the parties are start, uh, happening because that's where you're going to meet everybody anyway in the parties. And don't worry so much about the conference. So we took whatever budget we had and we were there for like five days. But for the first two nights, we stayed at the win because that was where all of the after parties were going to be, where we could meet everybody. So we thought, all right, at least fake it till you make it. You know, <laughs> we've got this name, the nice partners. We're going to present ourselves as these like cannabis experts in Europe there to help everybody bring their medications into Europe. And so we could distribute them to patients. And, you know, we stayed in the hotel and I remember we got invited, invited to the Medifarm labs who are an Australian and Canadian manufacturer who were making oils for, for, for patients. We got invited to, to their after party. And that's where you know, we kind of presented ourselves as these people who are able to offer them 
opportunity to bring their services over into Europe, right? And we met a gentleman called Adam Miller, who, shout on, yeah, shout out to Adam yeah. Miller. Uh, honestly, yeah. one of the most inspiring people that we got to meet as well. And he really is a, a great voice in the industry, not just in cannabis, but in psychedelics, mental health awareness, general great lifestyle. Um, I know he's just had a kid as well recently with his wife. So, so yeah, congratulations on that. But it was it was meeting those boys at Medifarm Labs and telling them what we were doing and having ourselves, you know, whatever budget we had to stay in the wind for those couple of days to meet those people. And, you know, after the conference is finished, we went to this really cheap hotel. I can't remember with whatever money we had left. New York, New York. New York or New York or something. Before now, I had to fly to, to India the next day, right? Um, and, and go off on, on his journey to, to India, which we should all do one day, by the way. We yeah, definitely soon. need to get about there. Yeah, please, please God. So... In that moment in time, we had managed to go out there and portray ourselves. And I, I think I just want to go back to this intentions thing and this sort of you know, delusions of grandeur in the sense that we had convinced ourselves so much so that we were who we'd already we We knew who we were going to be, if that makes sense. We already had this idea and this vision of who we were. So when we got there, we presented ourselves as that person because we genuinely believed we were the types of people to be able to go out there and help bring medical cannabis over to Europe. And we'd already created that persona for us. And I think sometimes you just have to completely believe and, and visualize and, and put yourself in a position where you know it's a certainty. Like we are these people. This is what we're doing now. And no one's going to tell us any different. Mm -hmm. So when we gone back to the UK when we come back to the UK and we were able to bring the Medifarm Labs products over to Europe for the first time we realized oh my god like this is actually going to happen for us we are now going to be able to start delivering cannabis to patients through other groups who are licensed because we weren't licensed at the time to do anything you know we didn't have our WDAs we weren't licensed with the home office we weren't licensed with the CQC but it was like in that moment in time almost like the vision had been painted and there was a direction for us to head. But we didn't know how far we were going to take it. And the craziest thing was, that was December 2019, right? So that was December 2019. In like January, February 2020, COVID happened. So we'd like painted this idea, we were going to come back, we were going to change the world. We were so gassed, we were ready to start, you know, we were working from the kitchen. And then, oh my God, the whole world has shut down. And... You boys have just got back from Hong Kong. We just come back from Hong Kong. Oh my gosh, because we went to the first CBD conference out there. Do you remember who we were sat with? Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy story because I think we were, we were still kind of chasing the same dreams. And I think now you, you decided to drop out because you've just done a couple of weeks in India. So, okay, <laughs> right, don't, <so>. don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. We'll go spend the last bit of money we got in Hong Kong. That's it. This is it now. This, this is, is it. The final budget. You know, <laughs> we, this, we had to make these deals that we were trying to do happen. That was it, right? Yeah. And it was just, it was. A, crazy crazy moment obviously we had, we had a good time out in hong kong amazing city obviously shame what's going on there now but is what it is um but i remember just yeah sitting at the end of that after that cbd conference we got invited to, to come have dinner and you know, i remember sitting on the table and obviously we we're talking meeting people um and we get back to the uk and um going through business cards trying to work out th trying to work out ways that we can you know kind of follow through with the opportunities and with the with the leads that we'd made and a lot of it was to do with kind of we were still obviously had the drink at the forefront of our mind and mm -hmm. a lot of it was to do with you know sourcing materials you know cheaper bottling capping all these types of things how can we how can we ensure that our, our margins get better and i remember having that first phone call with a guy that we, we had quite a close evening with him you know 
drinking and, and enjoying some of the local cuisine, which mm. wasn't that enjoyable. There's a restaurant there called Holy Fuck. <laughs> I've, 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 got, I've got a photo of it as well. Please put this photo up on the screen now. There's us outside this restaurant, Holy Fuck, when when when, when we're going out of there. But yeah, the, with the, the PH. Yeah, with the PH, exactly. <laughs> I said it right, didn't I? <laughs> but yeah, in Hong Kong and then gone. So we were, sat, no. we were sat at home and what happened? We got back and we, uh, we gave him a call and said, oh, you know, it's, it's Gabriel and Josh, you know, how you doing? Good seeing you know, we want to pick up the conversation about you know um you know importing some of the bottles and the capping and yeah it seems to me just goes well, you know have you not looked at the news and i remember when we were out there at the time obviously there was this you know undertone of you know you know coronavirus and you know it's a, it's a repeat of sars and all these types of things and even still uh, for some bizarre reason when these things are happening you just think that it's going to be contained to one part of the world but Again, I think it shows you know how different the world is. Even in twenty years, it's just um, things spread a lot quicker. You were talking about content, but it's not just content right now. You know, everything is uh, has the ability to travel so much faster, regardless of what it is. But mm. and then we came back, and lo and behold, it was it was locked down within two months after. But mm. um, of course, yeah, everyone that we sat down and I, I hope this doesn't get us into trouble. But everyone that we sat down with was was from Wuhan, so um, <laughs> we were we were we were back here in uh, in January. With uh, after just you know sitting down and spending the evening with a room full of people that, um, yeah, were from the epicenter of the pandemic. So, yeah, super cra- spreaders, super spreaders, yeah. super spreaders. <laughs> patient, 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 patient X, patient X, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so then we, we'd come back and COVID had started, and I remember, you know, we all had to stay in our houses, but we were still trying to build this this idea of networking and you know being as connected to as many people as possible why because at the end of the day that's what we were good at right going out there making connections meeting people and pulling the string we always used to say let's just pull the string and see where it takes us Mm -hmm. you know let's just Mm -hmm. keep pulling and pulling and you know the first lockdown happened and to be honest like i don't know about you guys but i thought fuck it this is cool we're gonna have two three weeks of holiday cool locked in get the fifa out get the playstation out chill at home with the with, with the missus and you know go to the, go to the park where and it would be fun you know one week went by two weeks went by and then you're kind of like oh crap you know they're now making us scared of this thing that we can't see and all of a sudden it was a really weird it was a really weird time for everybody i'm sure because now you're scared of something that you can't see and you're worried you go see your friend they're going to blow on you and you're going to die you know <laughs> like w- w- what what it did to so many people i can only imagine how tough it must have been for a lot of people's mental health and capacity especially because you know we were going for it as well and i feel like we have a pretty strong mindset and a, a resilient a resilient framework to to allow us to to deal with tough situations i mean l- look what we had just gone through and i remember being looking at each other again we're like it's just another thing that we have to go through you know just another one of those so we've been we've been there like i, I can't remember how long the first lockdown was but you know we were still trying to reach out to people and i remember you know at that time Natalie, my girlfriend, she turned around and she said, "Yeah, think about what you're doing right now." And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "You're sat at home and just sick of sick of talking to me." <laughs> I was like, yeah, "I wouldn't say it like that," but she's like, "No, but really, you know, you're sat at home. Think, you know, all of the leaders of the businesses are all sat at home right now. They have never been more accessible in their entire lives. And to be honest." They probably just want to chat to some other people, right? Because, you know, they've been with their family, kids, been stuck in a room for a month, a month and a half. So let's reach out. And, you know, it goes back to the bank account. We literally had like a few hundred quid left in the bank account and we'd invested in LinkedIn Premium. 
maybe that's another plug that we end up getting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we invested in LinkedIn Premium so we could reach out to everybody. And, you know, it was kind of at the, the, the crossover time when Albie was going through his treatment as well, right? Because we were at Albie's, we were at your dad's house for Albie's birthday. In the garden. just Yeah, so in the nice. garden. Sorry, yeah, we were, yeah, we were, we were all part of the same zone. <laughs> I think we were all part of the same zone. Um, and we were talking about we need an office space now, you know? We need somewhere to work from during this time. You know, because I think the first the first window or whatever you want to call it, they'd opened it up again, and you were allowed to be in different bubbles. And we'd gone over to 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 the birthday party, and Craig, uh, Gabriel's uncle, you know, I was sat sat outside chatting to him. We were talking about office space, and we were like, "Yeah, we'd love a big white office with glass windows where we could go and be creative and do stuff." And he'd run a he runs a a, a music agency, and obviously there was no music going on at the time there, so everyone was working from home. There was this office that he had that was open, and he said, "Well, boys, you know what to do, right? Here's the keys. Go and go and work from this this place and start effectively going out and 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 trying to do what we wanted to do, which was network with as many people as possible." But I think just before we'd moved into that office space, we saw an opportunity to missed because we had a feeling there was another lockdown coming right i think that was on the peripherals they were talking about it so we decided we were going to go out to spain and work from spain right if i'm getting the timelines right i mean I it was so it was long after. ago I was, was I think, after i think we did a couple months yeah in the hat we factory. did it a couple months in the hat factory, the hat factory. and yeah. then um yeah and then there was you know the talks of getting towards winter there's going to be another lockdown mm. yeah okay and yeah, then, no, and then so it, then yeah. we would have got out of there and thought we don't want to do this May. May. Yeah. So yeah, it's about like May till July, I think we spent in, in the yeah, factory. A few months. And shout out to Craig and thank you very much for that. I suppose yeah. it, actually it's really interesting as you as you're talking about it, is we I don't I wouldn't say it's lightly, but um I think COVID was like an like all of these different points, it was a really instrumental because I remember that summer we planned to go to Barcelona, we planned to go to Denmark, you know, to all these conferences and we just got back from Dublin just before that you know, that, that lockdown yeah. happened and we were spending fortunes with money that we didn't have we didn't to be have. able to like go and meet these people just to be able to get into the industry. And I think it was, as you say, right, like literally a time where everyone was at home and suddenly we were allowed to reach out to all these people. And then we had this office that Craig had provided and we were able to like, you know, talk to these companies with a boardroom and suddenly look really professional and they were like, hang on a second, is that background? Like what? <laughs> you know, is that <laughs> background? <laughs> We, I think we'd, 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 we'd make purpose of it. Like if we'd had multiple calls with different groups, we'd make sure that we were in a different boardroom, yeah. a different conferencing room every time we spoke to them. So they'd be like, what is this going on here? But yeah, I do seem to remember everyone else was doing calls from their bedrooms with their messy wardrobes yeah. behind them and we were in boardrooms. And Kids running past. And it, was it was it. And it was, honestly, um, yeah, don't say it lightly because I know obviously COVID you know, changed a lot of people's lives mm. and you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy. But I think for us, like, yeah, we're grateful to say that um, it was actually a beautiful period where we were able to kind of come together. We had all of that office space. Where, mm. You know, we bought a whiteboard and we were just, you know, literally there was no one in the office. And you know, in Camden, I remember walking through, you know, through the markets. It was literally like ghost towns, and mm. no one was there. Mm. Um, mm. So it was, you know, a beautiful time where we were able to kind of come together and just, I suppose, get a little bit serious, right? Mm. I've uh, yeah, it was definitely a time to reset. I felt like I was definitely playing catch up all the time before mm. COVID. You know, I felt that things were progressing and. Um, you know, again, it's just an opportunity just to kind of reset and refocus. And I think mm. that's exactly where you're going with it and a chance for all of us to get together and think, hang on a sec, what have we done for the last six months? Well, we've gone to Vegas, we've gone to Hong Kong, we've gone to Dublin. Traveling is great, 
how's the bank balance doing? <laughs> Appalling. Not so good. <laughs> um, you know, is there is there a way that we could do what we're trying to do here smarter? And I think that's again, you know, something that we we we, we die by now. You know, it's you know, there's working hard and there's working smart. And I think that was a real opportunity where, you know, instead of spending thousands to go to these conferences, let's spend a couple hundred quid a month on a premium um, LinkedIn uh, account, and we just spent that whole time just relentlessly contacting every single cannabis mm. company we could find anyone that would have a conversation with us and again it was one of those things where because there was three of us you know we were you know spreading ourselves um much wider and i just remember every single day and i remember working from 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 the garden at claremont and just sitting there under the tree with some birds you know working with my mates um and should be clear that's actual you heard the sounds from my gardens on calls um yeah very lucky that Mm. there's a beautiful willow tree um in my garden that you know you know harbored lots of beautiful birds um different types of birds um (laughs) those parakeets hundreds of parakeets that just would fly around amazing Mm. but i think actually it it was it's everything that we did before covid Mm. was so important because so if we hadn't have gone to Vegas and we didn't have Medifarm Labs behind us, or, true. You know, we you know hadn't you know met Adam or you know mm. even the stuff that you guys were doing in the drink. You mm. know, he, you know, like everything could you know really played a part in actually when COVID happened. We had the already somewhat of a platform to true. be able to take it to the next stage. Mm. Um, it's just wild to think, it? really. Like, where are you going with it? Where are yeah. you going with it? So then, okay, so we were there, we were working, and then the lockdown was gonna finish and that's when we were like okay cool it's going to be winter time let's go and work from spain because it'll be nice and warm out there so we we decided we we're going to go out there and that's the outreach because i think we were thinking if a lockdown does happen again at least we're in europe and we can travel about and we can go and meet stuff because because that's what we were doing we were setting up meetings weren't we to meet loads of people and that's when we were reaching out to loads of people and that's when you reached out to patrick don who'd, hoff. yeah don hoff who'd, who had set up the og cantorage in 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 germany and you know we'll get into that story in a minute as well so we'd gone out there and you know, we'd set up meetings to go to Barcelona. We set up meetings to go to Madrid. We'd set up meetings to go to Poland. We went to Germany. We went to Denmark. And while we were doing this European tour, people just couldn't believe these three crazy English guys were traveling <laughs> around Europe meeting during the height of a pandemic. And they were like, how are you even here? You know, but they loved it again because they were also, they couldn't go anywhere. They had nobody to meet. And, you know, you spoke about Camden being a ghost town. Do you remember going around Barcelona? But it was a ghost town. And to be able to go and see all of these cities, which are usually full of thousands of people, mm. and then not be a single soul midday, it was like being in this simulation of the world where we were the only avatars. <laughs> and we were literally going about. and felt the apocalypse. Yeah, it literally did, you know, just tumbleweed everywhere and yeah and going to amsterdam i remember going to amsterdam wow, crazy seeing every everything was closed all these coffee shops just closed yeah you really just see like a, a few groups of english lads that are driving over there oh yeah they <laughs> had they just driven <laughs> yeah, over yeah. in got, got to amsterdam like oh everything's closed yeah they were like uh, <laughs> sitting at home it's like what should we do boys should drive to amsterdam <laughs> get there everything's closed mate crazy. so yeah so then we were okay so we went to germany because And this is how it kind of all really grows to the next step. And this is the point about pulling the string, right? We don't actually know where it was going to take us and and, and what we needed to do to get to where we were. But we'd met Patrick. And for anyone who will meet Patrick or see videos of Patrick or, 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 yeah, get to know who he is as a character, he is a a very special character, full of charisma. So we arranged to go and meet these guys in Cantorage, right? 
one of you want to just say what happened when, when when we'd gone out to Germany and we'd driven there and <laughs> got the speeding ticket? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we did for starting before, Definitely. right? What happened? So, like, man, we, this is the yeah, thing. Yeah, I can't even remember the train yeah, of events. First lockdown, um, we were all sitting at our homes, right? And just reaching out to various mm. uh, producers. And we'd basically platform Medifarm Labs. So the idea was we'd taken Medifarm Labs and we said, hey, we're going to be your European sales arm. Mm. And we're yeah, going to yeah. effectively help you build supply chains into Europe. And we met them in Vegas. And mm. then that we came home with Vegas without COVID hit. And we then were able to present ourselves during COVID as, um, you know, I suppose, it, uh, well, actually a global operation because we had, uh, you know, three different offices listed on the website. Yeah. You know, one in London, Gibraltar and Canada. Yeah. Um, Still do have three different offices. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so we'd reached out to Patrick, uh, uh, one of many people. Um, and they had just set up Cantoage in Germany. And Cantoage in Germany, they'd just done a press release on disrupting the monopoly um, for Dronabinol. Mm. Dronabinol is a like a neat THC uh, drug that they give to chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting and also um, to help with appetite uh, in general. Uh, it's a, actually somewhat of a different... It's like almost like a licensed medication in Germany because it's got FDA approval, right? Or... Because Nabalone is what we call it in the UK, but people don't Correct. really prescribe it because when we reached out to that oncology charity, they weren't really no. super afraid. But sorry, yeah, I, no, I guess it's the same, right? Because the compounding has to happen in the pharmacy, right? So I guess it's them creating their own yeah. uh, version of Nabalone. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think they call it with, with sesame, they combine it with sesame yeah. instead of MCT. And mm. stuff, I think. Yeah. We'd have to speak to our German counterpart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they'll know exactly how it is. But go on. Um, so yeah. It, remarkable individuals and they had previously patrick and florian had just um come out of running aurora europe uh, and they had set up the first pharmaceutical wholesaler specific to cannabis-based medicines uh, called padanios and they set up in 2016 Mm. and they ran um that business and there were some law changes with the herbal medicine law in germany that happened in 2017 and then very quickly after that they got acquired by aurora europe um, and Cantoage was basically their second entity, you know, within the, the cannabis space um, that they had, set, you know, disrupted Dronabinol. But the bigger picture and the bigger idea, obviously, clearly, uh, any global cannabis market is, um, you know, has a leaning towards experienced cannabis users and experienced cannabis users are used to flower. Mm. Um, so the whole idea was to effectively take cannabis material into a drug manufacturing process that was similar to any other um, you know, pharmaceuticals that mm. happen today, right? It's no different to opium. Opium's grown, you know, it's grown as a flower and it goes into a drug manufacturing process to create um, codeine or, you know, any other of these, you know, uh, poppy-based uh, <laughs> painkillers. Poppy-based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, th- that was the idea. And they told us, you know, we need cultivators. And that is basically what we'd it's been doing. Yeah, do you remember we had that second call? Um, obviously, Niall, you, you had that first call with Patrick and you, you were telling us a little bit about what, what they were doing and, Obviously, we'd spent all this time looking specifically for EU GMP producers, and you had that call with Patrick, and you saying, "Look, we've met this guy, really interesting um, cat," and um, yeah, a lot of it was about kind of genuine sort of trying to help patients from from a patient perspective. It was very mm-hmm. patient focused. It was all about you know spend a lot of time looking at kind of I suppose the capital the capitalist side of it, but at the end of the day, at the heart of it, you know, it's more of a kind of the social element and the social impact that that cannabis can have mm. for people that are suffering and. When we had that call, it was us three and Patrick and Florin. They gave us that whole presentation about what Cantorage is and how the platform works. And 
we can provide access for these cultivators where it's not just about money you know it's at the end of the day if you're growing a really good product um and that cultivator backs themselves to deliver then we'll provide you the keys to the gates and you know how can we how can we make it work together but i think you know just spending that time where we again we'd use that same tactic of having these different calls in different boardrooms and all of these again all these cultivators whether it be in canada or you know australia and south africa everywhere we, you know we literally genuinely spoke to thousands of cannabis cultivators mm. all around the world and again used similar kind of um you know i'd say tactics but it was just about us having the luxury of being together in a room and having an office space to, to brainstorm and kind of map out you know early strategies and i remember um Queely was working alongside us as well i have to give Queely credit for for all of the amazing things that he did um, and again you know came to just be around us just just to see what was happening and i'm sure we've got some early early content and some early stuff that we can put out in, in a few years please mm-hmm. god everything goes well of us mm-hmm. just being in this room just like okay how how do, how, do, how do we do this mm-hmm. you know um but yeah it was a it was a, it was a crazy moment where we you know, we looked at each other how do we get involved and then you know i think as always you know the whole world had changed the whole business world had changed right everyone had gone from you know the age old you know going to have a drink with someone meet someone in, in the flesh to you know the world of zoom and um you know i think for us it was uh we were having lots of very very interesting conversations with a lot of groups mm. and a lot of people that we had a lot of admiration for a lot of respect they all had you know already impressive track records in the ca- uh, you know track records in the cannabis industry but as always for us as young individuals i think it's always a moment where it's like okay who do we really want to get close to who really you know is singing off the same song sheet as us who really you know, could we, you know, fully, fully integrate ourselves with and who do we believe that, um, you know, we're, we're onto the, you know, the best business practices with and, you know, who does it feel right to, to, to get uh, closer to? Because as always, you know, where we were going with it, we weren't sure, but we we're having conversations of, you know, is it this group that we want to kind of represent in Europe? Is it this group? And how does it really make sense for us? And how can we add value? Because I think mm. as always, you know um you know where do we add value to a business and i think particularly in in, in that particular moment when we looking at cancer as a business obviously they were very german focused they had a, a big task on their hand you know as, as nile said they just were the first people to disrupt um you know the abnormal market and then of course we knew that behind the scenes there's an even bigger project you know brewing you know and we were there you know on the front line trying to find producers to help launch that platform but I think you know the ability to have you know three young guys that can speak the the international language and go out there and just you know speak a good game and that's what it come that came down to because it wasn't proven mm. you know it, was, it had never been done before mm. you know we're out there saying oh you know you want to get access into Europe so far only five companies have done it and they've got a market cap of over ten billion Canadian but you know we can do it for you for just a few hundred grand just yeah. a few hundred grand um but yeah i think yeah again it comes back to that trip you know mm-hmm. there was talks about covid coming back into play and we knew that if we were on this island we're stuck here there's nothing that we can do and you know very fortunate to to be able to go and spend the time and spend the months down at your place in spain cubes and just have that ability to, to travel mm-hmm. you, know, you know we 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 could drive to portugal we could drive to spain and we could you know go and see different partners and um again it was cannabis was such a new thing at the time this was you know this is 2020 so you know the 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 industry only just really started picking up here in the uk and even in europe i think it was you know it was still 
very very early days and still is today let's be honest but it just it was a yeah time for us to to go and look people in the eye Mm. shake their hand you know break some bread um you know we've always said that you know that's really how you you get to understand does it feel right is it the right thing and i think you know we had so many good dinners Mm. good conversations with people but um you know i think once we got to berlin and you know, we met, you know, that, that founding team um, of Cantorage, GmbH, and we sat there and, you know, we, we spent that time with them in the office and it just felt really, really natural and really good. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, certainly uh, out of all those people that we saw in, the, in the, those kind of few weeks. And I think, maybe, how long were we on the road? I actually, to be honest with you, the timeline of that. It was at least, yeah, it was about a month, my, my month That was half. in Germany alone, though, we were on, on the road. And I think we spent two or three weeks in Germany and then went up to Poland went up to Poland mm-hmm. Denmark and then it ended up in Portugal you remind me of a really funny story of Portugal <laughs> actually which was quite good um, go on I want no, after uh, please I, was, I think we should uh, carry on with the story on Cantor because mm. you know they yeah I think uh, Gabe you, you actually said something really interesting is that we were talking to all these different groups and like who had who do we have a similar identity towards yeah. and I think you know we can all um, you know thank Hoff I think you know he's going to be a big part of our lives for many years to come I'm sure and um a really impressive individual who also had, you know, a social enterprise because he'd done, you know, very well at the previous entity. And I think a lot of it kind of sat very well with us, you know, mm. they talk about being patient focused and uh, they were really trying to be innovators and do something different, not just for, you know, for themselves, but ultimately for... Very um, altruistic. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, we should talk about a time how... When we first met them and uh, went to the office and <laughs> yeah, told them because because we'd met them we'd gone out very briefly because we were doing that tour right so I think we were saying that we'd, we'd had a dinner with them and we'd had that lunch which was very nice and we were going to come back and then the second time we'd come back to meet them again to really start to get the business relationship going it was still the height of COVID and I remember being in their first office that they were in it's a hell of a lot smaller than what it is now um, and we, we were sat in that first office and you know, as we were doing, we were, we were chatting, we are getting to know each other. And you could tell these guys were different straight away, right? Because we, we walked into the room, they had these really cool bikes. Everyone in Berlin bikes everywhere because it's so flat, you know. So they had these really cool bikes. They had these decks. They had these old school vinyls. And Norman was just spinning tracks. Storming Norman. Yeah, Storming Norman was just spinning tracks. And it was just pumping. And it, you, you could just tell straight away that there was this, like, community vibe. And I guess that's what cannabis does in general, right? It brings people together, you know, even from whatever age you start understanding about cannabis and you see that there's definitely a community feel there. So that would really echo. So anyway, we were in there, right? And I remember chatting away to Norman while you boys were chatting to Florin and and Philip and, you know, maybe we can put a little photo up of Norman. He's absolutely shredded. He's probably one of the most healthy guys I've ever known in my life. He runs everywhere. He cycles everywhere. And we were just chatting. (laughs) Yeah, both at the same time. (laughs) Don't forget the swimming. Don't forget the swimming. We're about to get to the swimming. And we we, we were talking and, you know, so we're we're living in North London at the moment, right? And Niall and and, and Gabe and myself, we live near Hampstead Heath. But But Niall used to go all of the time to Hampstead Heath in the winter ponds, in the in the ponds in the winter, and go and cold dip. All right, maybe say a little bit about the cold di- dipping first, and then and and then we'll get into what we oh, did. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, it's just well, yeah, Wim Hof really. That is uh, ultimately where it all started. I think we, Gabriel and I, were living together many many years back in a little flat in Swiss Cottage, and um, I just come out of uh, yeah, quite an intense business partner relationship uh, that I spent you know ten I suppose yeah ten years building. 
And uh, we watched that that Wim Hof documentary, yeah, Vice that Vice documentary, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that's just crazy!" You know, how can you, you know, like, yeah, how can you do that? Like, how can you, you know, it's some of the experiences that we're talking about actually getting quite high, you know, mm. like on their experiences with breathing and, and cold water. Mm. And um, I think, uh, yeah, it just opened my mind, and that it stayed with us, right? And wanted to the moment I had the opportunity and the money, I went to go and uh, spend some time out with Wim in Poland, and. Um, yeah, really saw the power of the cold, so yeah. came back and that was it. You know, I had so you to, did it. Yeah. You were addicted from then. You were addicted exactly. straight away, and it was so funny because you know Nile would always try and convince us to go, and we go a couple of times. And honestly, guys, it was so hard to get in there, stripping pretty much naked, freezing, like walking to this pond. Yeah, one time. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he's got in yet, has he? No, so this is it. So the boys had all got in and it was great. And I was like, I remember going down the steps and I got to my ankles and all my bones froze instantly. I was like, nope. So I got straight back out again and I did what I do best. Got the video camera and just filmed from behind the scenes. I just remember Josh like just trying to move and he's just stuck to the ladder. Like, <laughs> go in, go in. <laughs> No, I was there doing breaststroke like he was in Capri or something, you know. So anyway, I'm chatting to Norman, as you do, and I tell him about my experience of cold dipping. Did I tell him I got stuck on the first step? No, obviously not. Told him that I went in, which I technically did. I didn't say how far I went in. And he was like, ah, oh, amazing. We will go and do this tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, we'll go tomorrow. Next thing I know, we're having a conversation and everybody's saying, okay, we're going to meet at 6 a.m., in this beautiful lake and there's a five kilometer track right around the lake so we're going to go and do a 5k run and then we're going to go cold dipping in the water and like we're here to try and make this relationship work with these people they're challenging us now we were 27 26 27 at the time these guys were you know early 40s and they were fit but we had to stand up to it right there's no way that we can turn down this challenge now bearing in mind i don't think we came out with any running gear or anything right so <laughs> we, we we popped to the shop down the road and bought whatever we could to go running and we met them there the next morning and they told us yeah listen in you know in in germany we're going to go we're going to do this run we're going to go dip in the pool um, and then when you dip in the lake, you know, it's FKK. What is it? I can't even remember what it stands FKK, for. Yeah. yeah, it's FKK, whatever it stands for in German. But basically it means you have to go in naked, right? And we, we bought into the idea. We were like, look, listen, when in Rome, you know, cool. So we were up for it, you know. Anyway, it was 6.30 in the morning. It was freezing. Like, what, what else could be the worst that could happen? So we went on this 5K run and it was great because we were really building a relationship with these guys. We got really deep while we were chatting at the same time, trying to act like we weren't <laughs> getting out of breath because I don't think we were that fit at the time compared to what, what we do now. And these guys were running around this track with us. And I remember we got to the very end and there's a video. I think we can pull up the video on the camera somehow. Don't pull up the video. Yeah, we'll pull up the video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll video or, you know, we'd finished, the, we'd finished the run and we'd all got there and we basically stripped naked and ran into this freezing cold lake in November or whatever month it was I can't remember um and this group of old ladies who were on a hike had like walked past and saw the five skinny little white dudes just like freezing in this lake and they were all giggling away at us you know and I remember Florian had filmed us go going into the lake and that was such a wholesome moment as well because I don't think you can bond with many people like that in those instances. And that's when you sit and think, okay, I'm really onto something. When it feels really natural and, and, and everything starts to move together all at the same pace and everything feels pretty much like glue. That was when for us, it was like, 
there, this is this is the future you know there is something here that we need to build from and we need to take it with both hands and we need to not let off you know we need to keep our foot on the gas and we got taken back to his house and his wife and they had the breakfast and it was beautiful we all sat there all having breakfast talking about the future what we were going to do together and and how we were going to change the cannabis landscape you know and, and and we ended up pretty much you know doing what we said we were going to do at that table so it was unfortunate it was funny as well because they said look in traditional method you know you're in berlin listen we would go out and we would party and we see how you guys get on and we build a relationship that way but you know we found a, another beautiful way of of, of bonding and, and building a relationship from there so I, I think when we came back from that trip and we sat down our minds just went Phew! There, we got the whiteboard out. We love that whiteboard. Still got it to today. You know, any idea that goes on that whiteboard, we make it happen. You know, that was what we told ourselves. If we were going to put it on there, we were going to manifest it, and we were going to make it happen. So, yeah, someone want to take over from from that point because there's just so many ways we could go with that, that that story. But yeah, I just remember sitting back in the office and just putting up that whiteboard and being like, okay, what do we need to do, right? Because what is the UK landscape? We were already broker, like we were already finding these cultivators and introducing them and pitching them and selling them on the platform so they would be one of the first companies. And as with everything, they were like, have you done this before? Mm, no, but you know, you know, we know we can do it, right? And we had to be the guys to effectively break the break the boundaries in 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 that industry and and do something that no one had ever done before and convincing a cultivator to come on board spend whatever it cost them to to get onto the platform that we were building and and, and do that for the first time ever you know again running a cultivation facility is tough right it's it's, it's not the easiest so managing to have that conversation and and, and then deciding okay look we're going to bring on cultivators to the platform but the uk in itself like mm. we'd seen the reason we got into it in the first place was because of albie and the children and, and it really was the children who had changed the law and the framework in 2018 you know with alfie and with hannah and with billy cadwell and and and, and, and his mother and that was for us okay now we're in the uk we live in the uk we need to set it up but what do we want to set up you know there are so many options do we need to do a clinic are we going to do a pharmacy are we going to be a wholesaler and importer from germany like what do we need to do and also how do we do it because mm. no one's ever done it before we never done it before and it wasn't like there was this guide online so well <laughs> <laughs> funny you should say that i mean i, I think uh you touched on a few amazing things and um, yeah, the Germans, I think, you know, they gave us that inspiration that actually, I remember that even that breakfast, you know, I think Florian was, um, you know, he's, he's an amazing character and he really, you know, definitely tries to get the best out of people and push people. And, you know, these are the guys that had done it in, in Germany and they didn't, you know, they didn't know how to do it. So mm. you, know, you talk about not being a guide, they're actually, you know, like amazingly enough, like, yeah, you just search these things online, right? And we, we kind of came back and uh, we, of course, we wanted to help build the platform, but you know, when you talk about the UK, it was like, well, you know, how difficult actually is it? You know, like, let's just uh, do some reading and try and work out what, what needs to be done. Mm. Um, and kind of did, you know, yeah, the, the, the internet kind of gave us a guide, <laughs> right? <laughs> what, what, what to put 100%. together. No, we, we, I remember that was in November. And obviously we, we had that whole presentation that we gave about what, what we think we can deliver in the UK. Mm. And then in December, if you remember through Christmas, we were in the office and we wrote that business plan and we were doing all that kind of analysis of, where could we add value into the UK market? What is the, again, you know, we're in a situation now where not one medical cannabis framework is the same worldwide. You know, every framework is different. So, you know, how do you kind of structure something where you know that it will generally be able to penetrate the market that we have here in the UK? And, mm. 
yeah, we came to that conclusion whilst, um, you know, there was a few times that we scribbled that one. I said, no, we don't want to do that. Mm. Oh, actually, but we have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, it was that, you know, it was that exploratory sessions that we had. And I think, again, just the ability to put it down onto paper. You know, a lot of people talk about it. You know, if you can put down what's going through your mind onto paper and how can we share our ideas and how can we really kind of map out what are the things that we should put into play mm. um, and how can we extend, you know, the, the sales channels that we're been developing in germany since i guess we met them in march that was in so that yeah so that was you know been 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 seven or eight months that we'd been closely working with cantorage and building that platform but you know the next step is you know how can we show that these cultivators is not just about one market it's about dual markets multiple markets and you know really kind of position ourselves and it goes back to that conversation that we had you know we were talking about you know what could nice partners be what could cantorage be and remember florian say you know shouldn't be looking at the kind of the other groups in the uk you should be looking at the the auroras and the tilrays you know they really just kind of think think bigger guys you know because at the end of the day when you have an opportunity that you're involved in something whilst it's still so nascent it just means that there's more opportunity and it means okay there's a lot more um chance for for it to go wrong as well i suppose mm-hmm. that, that that is also the case because nothing is certain there's nothing that's um, you know, genuinely established in the industry thus far, but again, it kind of gives us a, a blank canvas for us to go and um, really map out what we think would would make a difference in the market. And I think, you know, you look at it all the time. You know, we're one of the very few groups in the UK that is genuinely started up from from mm. scratch t- to here. That is a licensed wholesaler and importer that does have you know a CQC registered clinic um, and does also have a, 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 a you know serious usb you know these mm-hmm. supply chains that we spent two years building and all now starting to to come to market and you know we, we've all had an exciting weekend on reddit seeing the amazing reviews from some of the products that we're launching at the moment and we know it's just just the beginning but you know having the ability to have kind of this this powerhouse of, of product um sitting you know just on the end of our doorstep you know it's one van door to door over a few days that deliver us you know um you know products to, to get into the hands of patients and you know, I think that, that being able to influence the market through the clinic and being able to make sure that we're not reliant on anyone else. You know, mm-hmm. anything that we want to do in this industry, we do it ourselves. And um, that's also very powerful because at the end of the day, you know, makers of your own destiny. And it's um, it's certainly, it's something that we, we do have to pinch. I think you said it to us, um, Nigel, only, only a few months ago when you look at, you know, the UK industry, lots of people have got, one part of the supply chain but you know we generally have the ability to to influence at all stages and that was just through again whether it's delusional or just belief i think mm-hmm. it, again it was just when we put together that business plan we we knew that we had the ability to do it and it took us best part of two years to get all those licenses and you know we've been been operating for you know 15 16 months um to date and we just know that we're just getting started, which is the most exciting part. Yeah, to be in a position now where we're, we, we've got our own medications in the market and now we're going to start building a better, yeah, uh, as we say, ecosystem, right? And, you know, we want that real patient-centric view for what we're trying to deliver to patients. And it's always what we talk about is that positive feedback loop, right? Indeed. A positive Indeed. feedback loop for the patients. And, yeah, we're, we're here and we're, we're not stopping and we're not slowing down and we're not going anywhere. 
Yeah, I think positive feedback. Loop, we we talk about it. We like we we you know there's many different stakeholders in the market, right? Um, and it's not you know patients obviously need to be at the heart of of you know the intentions and what you're trying to build. But there's also the regulator that needs to have a good experience, right? Mm. And you know we 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 really want to be a group in the UK that allows the regulator to have a positive experience that will in turn you know ultimately open things up to be able to create a network effect cannabis in the uk we say we've got twenty thousand patients you know a population of 70 million you know it's nothing right it is really really nothing and everyone talks about how the uk you know should be in the millions of patients you know uh, in in a few years time but really ultimately they should be a, a couple hundred thousand today and we're not and what are the reasons that we're not and mm. i think um you were touching on the quality um i think it kind of comes back to that feedback right people haven't been having a good experience so how can we ensure that we're not going to get it right all the time mm. but how can we ensure that we are you know constantly getting better improving to be able to provide a positive feedback loop mm. for whether it be a patient, a pharmacy, a clinic, um, and of course, you know, or very importantly, the regulator as well mm. to ensure that we can actually build a, a sustainable ecosystem um, that creates, yeah, a, an awesome sector. Happy patients. Yeah, but I think that's also where, you know, we look back at it now, I think, you know, there's been a few times where we thought what we knew what is the right kind of, what is the right kind of pathway forward? What 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 do we need to go and develop? What do we need to invest in? Is it personnel? Is it tech? Is it, you know, how can we improve the experience? Mm of all the stakeholders, not just us, not just patients, not just the regulators, but everyone that has, um, you know, an influence into getting pa products to patients. Um, and, you know, again, we, we we like to think now we know what we want to build, we know what we want to do, and we know that, you know, if we, you know, apply some focus um, into different areas of, of the business as it is today, that, you know, it can push it forward and it can, um, you know, make the process easier because at the end of the day there is a lot of red tape behind the scenes um there is a lot of documenting that needs to go that needs to take place and we are dealing in with controlled drugs you know mm. so there there are there's just so many different touch points within that um supply chain behind the scenes and um you know at the end of the day it ends up you know how can we make sure that patients get hold of their products as soon as possible i think that's mm. the most amazing thing it's medication it's how can we ensure that if they're um, you know, requesting more medication. How can we get it to there in days and hopefully soon hours as well? And I think mm. there's, there's 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 ways to do it. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. Mm. There's definitely the foundations that we know between us that there's some very very simple fixes that will really kind of push forward and get medication to patients quicker. The the truth is, we are still competing with the illicit market mm. in terms of providing a service. Good service. Yeah. And 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 that is that is the challenge, right? Because you could message your your dealer or whoever it is, and you can get your your cannabis delivered to you same day, no problem. You have a menu with all of these different products, and it's all still quite recreational. But still, if patients want to use it for their medication, they're going to choose instant relief over having to wait longer. Um, and these are some of the things that we have to go up against. All right, fine. You know, you might get it quicker, but in the medical framework, you know that. All of the products come with certificates of conformity and analysis. You can see where they came from. You know in order to be a medical cannabis product, it needs to have gone through a certain level of specification. That's including pesticides. That's including the heavy metals, the fertilizers you use. So we are bringing a clean and more natural product onto, uh, onto the market for these patients to be able to, to participate in their, in their pain relief or whatever it is that they're using medical cannabis for. And, you know, we still have th that challenge that we have to go up against. And 
right in an ideal world we can deliver next day delivery but you're still using wet signature prescriptions whereas the whole industry for medical is electronic prescriptions so that's another barrier to entry which is meaning that it's taking a little bit longer for the doctor to write the prescription to send it to the pharmacy then you've got to get the medication once the prescriptions at the pharmacy to the pharmacy because you can't do it beforehand and and and, and all sorts so now again it's like okay how can we keep refining this to make sure that we're giving a much more transparent service to patients because it really is as simple as where's my medication how long is it going to get to me where's my information to be able to make payment for it where's my tracking information and if we can help just provide a much cleaner service and, and we are working on it and, and, and we're getting there we will help generate that positive feedback loop because it all comes down to this medical cannabis cannabis in general the community feel it's all word of mouth mm. you know people have a great experience they talk about it they want to bring people on to onto their same journey you know if they feel like they're having an amazing experience and their their condition is being treated and looked after and they've got a great relationship with the clinic and a great relationship with the doctors they're going to want to pass that experience onto their friends or family members who are also going through that same pain and that same struggle and knowing that okay you are now actively in the legal framework you are not committing a crime you don't have to worry about losing your job. You don't have to worry about losing your license or not being able to go and, 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 and participate in normal activities with your family for fear that if you do get stopped, you're now going to have this name against you um, in a criminal sense. So, yeah, we are, we are constantly pushing and, and we will keep getting there to a point where you do have a, a seamless service. Um, so please bear with us while we do it. But we appreciate the love and the patience that that, that, that we get from you guys. So, yeah, is there anything else that we want to say? I think, uh, yeah, just to, I suppose actually we talk about like um, what has potentially got us, you know, as far as we've we've got. Mm. And for me, actually, we, you know, reading this this book at the moment, reading on the car on the way up here, uh, growth mindset. And I think they're comparing actually what a fixed mindset is to a growth mindset. Mm. And I think all of it is actually we have like subconsciously along the way just been about learning right and we're not we're not we're nowhere near experts and mm. probably feeds into the fact that maybe sometimes our experience for patients isn't where we want it to be but we are learning and we are growing and um yeah just the ability to you know we know that we have to make mistakes along the way but as long as we can learn from those mistakes mm. um, and carry on pushing forward to mm. um yeah get to where we want to go to mm. which um yeah Ultimately, we want to see medical cannabis be used as a first-line treatment mm. across healthcare. Um, it will take a, a good amount of time for for that to happen, mm. um, because obviously we pride ourselves on medicines being licensed under a certain way, and we need to have data and uh, to support you know clinical decision making. Mm. Um, but I think if we can, you know, move forward um, with groups around us and individuals and partners, right, to be able to facilitate, um, yeah, providing. Uh, the regulators and all stakeholders what they need and if we stay with that intention around mm. patience then i think we'll make it happen yeah we'll make it happen beautiful boys it's been an absolute been pleasure. pleasure next time we'll um we'll map out so we're going to do these 12 episodes um mm. you know get together and really kind of home in on you know something that we've kind of really led the charge by and we when we were again it goes back to where can we add value you know we know that um you know lifestyle is, is very important in terms of getting people even if it's just you know an extra ten percent back into their lifestyle from, mm. from from whatever they're suffering from, so we do a little series, kind of diving into the twelve principles of wellness and talking about love, spirituality, 
breathing techniques. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can find a special guest. Hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, we, we we definitely want to kind of, you know, it was good to sit here and always a pleasure to sit with you boys and kind of reminisce and talk about some of the old stuff. But I think for us, um, you know, we really want to make sure that we can continue to provoke some thoughts and really kind of push out and we want to dive into all sorts of different alternative medicines and, mm. um, yeah, really talk about lifestyle and in particularly how can you get high on health? I mm. think because it's, uh, it's that's be- the name of the podcast. <laughs> be- beautiful terminology yeah. where it can be read in so many different ways. But you know, we're going to start off kicking off into twelve principles of wellness and bringing on some guests and talking about what does everyone do to make themselves feel good, right? I think that's that's what it's all about. And I think also part of it is like we want to open ourselves up to the community now, so they can see who are the people pulling the strings and running running the industry, which is ultimately delivering them their medication. And, and we want to be an open book. We want to be transparent. We are open to questions. We are open to listening to patients who have any feedback for us on how we think, how they think we can help improve the service and improve the industry. And, and that's how we want to be different, right? Because I feel like it's still very much closed off you know there isn't so much openness behind the people who are running the different clinics or people who are running the different importers and wholesalers and ultimately we are going to be the ones who have the sway with the regulators and we're going to be the ones who are able to open up those communication channels and why are we doing it we're doing it on behalf of the patients so yeah i hope this is the start of something beautiful where yeah you know whatever we can do for you guys we will continue to do so please feel free to reach out however you wish to uh, and we will be there to help and yeah this is the start of something beautiful so thank you boys it's been great to go down memory lane again and <laughs> yeah it's going to be a hell of a season that's for sure beautiful love it man it's rock and roll